0: Hi everyone, welcome to Oncology Professional Care. This is Radchow. We've got Lorraine Grover on, uh, on the podcast at the moment. Um, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I heard you just got back from holiday.
1: I have, yes. I've <laughs> been very disney
0: yeah. Did you meet, meet Mickey and
1: Minnie? Of course. And Tinkerbell was in the distance. She's my little alter ego. <laughs> oh, I love oh, it. Okay,
0: so the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you do some important work. Um, you come with a bag of
1: things as well. I have my box of tricks. Everyone (laughs) should have a box in their clinic. (laughs) The box has got bigger over the years. So, yeah, I think communication is so important. So I've got a nursing background. I used to be a casualty sister. And then I ended up doing a trial of this new tablet. This new tablet just had a compound name. It was blue-coloured.
0: Right. And then eventually
1: it got the name. And I remember saying... Oh, I don't like the name Viagra. I think that sounds awful. (laughs) I'd be useless in marketing. (laughs) But I used to trial Viagra for many years, and patients started talking to me about their sex lives, and I was really embarrassed and bright red and thought, flip, you know, this is just uncomfortable. And then it suddenly dawned on me that actually it's just part of life sex, isn't it, for all of us. We may be in a relationship or not, and actually, feeling good about ourselves sexually is really important. And in healthcare, we don't get talked about discussing that, yeah, but actually, we should, yeah. So, my passion and mission I was saying to Will today, actually, before I die <laughs> um, or retire,
0: yeah, let's go retire. Let's before retire, die.
1: yeah. So, I'm very practical, being a casualty sister, yeah. live each day like it might be the last. Because You never know what's around the corner, so that's a bit of a motto of mine, hence my bit of Tinkerbell. Um, and yeah, you know, I just think it's so important that we all feel comfortable and we get supported. I think there's a lot where people are saying we don't talk about sex and finger pointing, but actually, we've got to be empowered to do so. Yeah, and this morning, Will and I have done sessions after each other. Will session reinforced the real world where we are at in 2022
0: yeah
1: i did a little cheeky timeline slide from me back in 96 right um where i was addressing the subject but also was i was the touchy-feely one sat at the back of the ndt or is the person in a relationship you know and it was sort of not laughed at but it was that sort of feel where today was like, bing, a light bulb moment. And I love light bulb moments with patients where they've got sexual difficulty. Um, it might be erections, it might not be able to orgasm or low desire. And just by talking and allowing them time, you suddenly find this light bulb moment or a red flag that you can talk to them about. And it could be radiotherapy treatment. It could yeah. be the diagnosis. And, If you don't give the person the time to allow them to express their thoughts and emotions, you'll never find out. And we can all give people some time. It might not be a long time, but we can have something there to say, we're here to help you. And at any point since you've had this diagnosis, you've got a sexual difficulty, let me know. And there's help I can give you, I can refer you, and that just opens up that world for that patient hugely. And feeling they're in a closet and they can't
0: talk about something that's very personal to them. So, what's your role at the moment? What is it that you do day in, day out?
1: Yeah, so I'm self employed, which is a bit unusual as a nurse and a sex therapist. So, I did my sex therapy training because. Where do you do
0: sex therapy well, good training? Good question. A lot of people Not, say not that.
1: that I want to maybe yeah. do it, but it's so, interesting.
0: She says it's yeah, <laughs> well,
1: I did it with Relate. Right. So, okay. Relate to. Relationship counselling and they're sort of well known for that. Yeah. Aren't they? It's a national charity But they also do psychosexual training and when I was encouraged to do my psychosexual training By a wonderful sex therapist called Trisha Barnes and she said, you know, why don't you train as a sex therapist? I was going, oh Tricia, I can't do that and she went, yes you can. Um, I looked into different Organisations and I felt that the Relate therapists that I met, we were on a similar wavelength. So I I've thoroughly enjoy doing my training with Relate. I still have my supervision with Relate. So I think what people don't realize that as a therapist, we have continued professional development. So I've got yeah. that as a nurse and as a therapist. But I also have to have supervision for however many hours of therapy I give. I have to have one-to-one supervision and peer supervision. So my life's busy with yeah. supervision. <laughs> and also, you know, being self-employed I'll see patients who might find me on the internet yeah so social media for me and things like your podcast isn't it wonderful how one individual is able to change things and get people thinking about things because it allows us to share what we have a passion for or where we see we want to change practice and I think what you're doing is fantastic you know you've got different people you've all got this role that you see yourselves having and the more knowledge we can impart to the patient and other the healthcare professionals will be a great advantage for everybody. So social media is something that I am dabbling in yeah. um, and it's really given me a voice and I feel that like I can say my own thoughts. I'm not having to do a party line. Yeah. Um, so, so I do that. I've got a clinic i do zoom clinics amazing which pre covid you know i'd been asked many a time to do a remote consultation and i went no 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 yeah. i want to be in the room i want to pick up the feeling of what's going on but i have to say the zoom appointments i think
0: are as good as face to face
1: yeah no one's traveled people are relaxed i always encourage a
0: partner I was going to ask you, actually, do you just see the patient or do you always encourage them to bring their partner if they have one? I
1: always encourage the partner. Yeah. Because, interestingly, I predominantly see men with sexual issues. Right. And we know that men with erectile dysfunction, for example, for any cause, and one in ten men suffer erectile dysfunction 30% of the female partners if they're in a heterosexual relationship will have a sexual difficulty themselves right so I'm able to pick up on things I'm privileged to be given information that they've never talked to anyone about and, and I feel like with cancer diagnosis that actually suddenly they've got an option of talking to somebody about their sex life relating to their health that they never dread they'd ever be able to yeah. So I like calling it recovery and discovery. Oh, You're I like you are to recover from your diagnosis <laughs> yeah. and you will discover the new way of being you, or you as a couple, and hence my box of tricks, which I've got all
0: sorts in. Come on then, so right. although the, the, the audience up? won't be able to see it, well, we're, to not, we're not doing video, but we must good say that we have lots of passers-by So this is great to see these. A nice velvet vulva. Beautiful. Do you know, there's lots of our Instagram um, people that we follow who are huge promotion um, of the Eva Peel, and they use one really similar to this, which is amazing. Because female genitalia gets wrongly described all the time, isn't it? So my 10-year-old knows all of the technical terms for the female genitalia whereas his friends just call it a fanny or yeah. or, well, or a, a mini or something yeah. and i'm like yeah. but actually it's really important isn't it 100 for people to know but when my two
1: daughters mean. are in their 20s now when they were little and we were in the supermarket one of them said mummy my vagina's itchy <laughs> Which really was a bit wrong, because it should have been vulva. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, to you, I thought, oh, <laughs> I think we'll call it
1: Auntie Mary. <laughs> which is what my mum used to call it, my Auntie Mary. But so, you're right. So, you know, the clitoris, for example, which are on this velvet vulva, there's a beautiful satin circle at the top. But my 3D clitoris, which is on my desk, shows the legs of the clitoris and lots of nerve endings in... And the vulva, you know, there's such a erogenous zone yeah. that people just focus on that one thing and they're missing out on a lot of pleasure. And I think women, we don't know enough about our anatomy. Yeah. Um, I just, I've been on holiday, I've kept off social media, I've sort of glanced at a few emails just to check nothing urgent came through. One thing I have got to read is, let's change it from the G spot to the G zone. Right. Wow, great. I think yeah. that sounds a great idea. Um, So my Velvet Google is one thing. I only have one, so it travels around in my briefcase (laughs) often.
0: What do do you use this for? So will this be to essentially talk to clients about and ensure that they know where they can get pleasure from?
1: It's permission giving. If I've got that on the desk... People, you can see them, they come in the room and they're looking at that corner of the eye and I go, Oh, do you like my velvet vulva?" Yeah. And we'll have a bit of a laugh. And You're breaking the ice though,
0: aren't you? Yeah. There's some people that kind of conversation is not going to happen unless you bring it up.
1: Exactly. And then I might impart knowledge that like I've just said to you about the titerus, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Just look at this little circle here and it's huge and there's a lot. And there are, you know, yesterday actually someone was saying about the G-Spot. You know where is it so I could talk about you know I can put my finger inside we've got a little rose that's the urethra that you pee through but if you go in with your finger into the vagina into the upper aspect of it and you're laying on your back that's where the g-zone can be felt and it might feel a bit ridged it should feel ridged to agree anyway and the labia and the lips and the outer lips and the inner lips and if you're relaxed you get engorged with blood and it feels nice and if you're not relaxed you'll never get these arousal changes so yeah very much so and because I might be seeing men with erection problems they might be thinking I'm only talking about their penis yeah no no more than that meets the eye you know it's um, much bigger so I have my velvet ball I have-
0: question do you see a lot of heterosexual couples that are more forthcoming with kind of seeking help and advice around sexual intercourse and sexual relationships or are you seeing now because of inclusivity and just breaking barriers and more conversations around same-sex couples do you, do you kind of see more people seeking help and support?
1: I've been really fortunate that in my career, which started 26 years ago in this field, 41 as a nurse, I not <laughs> um, that was in May, oh this month, this month, 25th of May, it was 41 years nursing. But I've been so fortunate that I have been able to see gay individuals and gay couples, and I always remember about 20 odd years ago a gentleman saying to me I'm telling you I'm gay but I haven't told the surgeon. I was so shocked that this man felt he couldn't tell the surgeon but was so privileged that he felt he could talk to me. Yeah. And so I have had the opportunity to embrace seeing people. Even transgender community I've been fortunate to have men come out where they've wanted to transgender twice now very special moments in my career and I just hope that my character my personality and my openness has allowed that to happen so I like today in fact you know I started off by saying I want to empower anybody in this room if there's one thing you can do that will empower a patient to have a better experience great yeah and to me that was empowering to me and it helped me feel more confident because I'm a straight woman and I have had said oh well you don't know you're not queer and I'll yeah. go okay I'm not but I will do my very best to empower my knowledge base to make yes. me understand more and that's why communication is important so the vulva is important did you hear about my large aubergine
0: no I didn't hear about it. the size of
1: my aubergine <laughs> Communication and language is important, isn't it? Yeah. So, actually, I only found out last year that the emoji <laughs> is. An I was just say, <laughs> this is, this is an
0: emoji that comes up a lot.
1: I had no young. idea. But, isn't it important that if you're talking about sex yeah. or your anatomy, like we've been on about minis, which yeah. are very appropriate, yeah. <laughs> um, that you have this openness with your patients yeah. and whatever you feel comfortable with, I'm a very visual person, I like that yeah. so on my desk you know, if I've got an aubergine, this large stress aubergine, that actually is a bit of a trigger and again it might be something that makes it in a clinical setting, why have you got that on your desk well, did you know it means a penis, how have things been since you started your treatment yeah. no one would believe that would start off from a stress aubergine
0: it's almost giving permission isn't it for someone to go oh actually I'm allowed and I also used to find especially in clinical when I said the word sex or penis or you know vagina you would see people go oh actually I can talk about it and she's fine whereas when you're like oh how are you doing it's not it's not opening up the conversation enough is it correct people say how are things down there yeah what do you mean what's going on down there I call it
1: lip service Yes. isn't it, it's just the lip service people say oh I have discussed sexual function and they'll get all you know defensive and I'll go that's fantastic can the penis get in the orifice it needs to go in and they look at me well can it go in the vagina, can it go in the rectum, where is it going is it firm enough so someone saying oh I'm fine they might be embarrassed to say to the physician oh actually oh yeah I had said a lot they saved my life, I can't tell them that I haven't got a good sex life because I feel really bad yeah. and I go but actually that's just part of holistic care and we want to give you that care and unless you feel able to tell us we can't maybe get you to a point you're happy with things but the tick box or the lip service is very common and Will and I have been talking about that this morning about you know, this passion about bringing about the change making the change happen um and i think it will we just all need to feel we're on the same page and we support each other i must admit there are people who are quick to hookmanship on someone else i hate that and we see it all the time i just think if we can all care for each other to care for the patient around a subject that's very intimate to all of us um it makes life easier for everybody um, sex toys talk about sex I've just been chatting to a dele- one of the delegates came up to me and said what else is in your box so <laughs> I got out a lovely and he actually said what well, a lovely piece of artwork and I agree I could have this beautiful, on is gorgeous? gorgeous you could put
0: that on your mantelpiece yes. could you
1: <laughs> I've also got a beautiful rose book plug that's a beautiful pink rose at the end but they're glass so when you think of glass toys you think yeah. oh that sounds dangerous the glass It's got a long fancy name and I can't remember it, but it's basically like Pyrex.
0: Right, okay. So I've put on a
1: table here and it won't break, but a glass sex toy, you can warm up, you can cool down. This is a bit like a roller, isn't it, it's slightly curved and it's got like little round balls in it, so you could roll it down the skin. You could massage with it, you could insert it if you wanted to. And a good thing about a glass sex toy is I could use a water lubricant, I could use a silicon lubricant which stays wetter longer. If I've got a silicon sex toy, I wouldn't use a silicon lube because it can damage the silicon. Right. And the temperatures can change and that can feel really arousing and erotic for people. So sex toys, you can buy them in shops, you can buy them online, you can buy them in shops that they'll sell things for around one or two pounds. So you're not spending fortune. So if it causes an issue with a partner, and it's not saying you're not desiring them, you're not fancying them, it's saying actually, we don't eat the same meal every day, life would be very boring. So I say, you know, why not open up this discussion? If you're having radiotherapy and you've got some narrowing of a vagina, and we talk about vaginal dilators and you can get horrible plastic hormones. Oh, they're
0: awful, oh. awful. I remember doing Femcare talks when I was in clinical and I was just always embarrassed to bring them out because they were the most just boring, <laughs> boring things ever. Yeah,
1: so I think sometimes different size vibrators that can make a buzzing sensation yeah. can be helpful. There are some that you can get now with a bullet vibrator at the base, but they're out of stock of where I get them from. <laughs> but these are quite nice. They're silicone. See, they're nice. No- they? No- I, no- I no- like no- these. No- yeah, have a feel. Five different sizes. They've got a loop, so you can put your finger through. Um, because if a woman is having using vaginal dilators, they've got to feel comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. So actually, something like silicone, that's flexible and quite warm, with some lube on, um, allowing them to relax, to allow them to slightly just get used to the feeling around their labia, the entrance of their vagina. There's no expectation to get confident with themselves. Because if the patients lose confidence about their vulvas and vaginas, that sets up barriers. So I do like, I I am quite specific on the, the dilators that I recommend.
0: And it's not just about sex is it right. it is also about intimacy and sometimes I think just having that kind of a comfortable with your
1: partner yeah whoever it is It might be sitting on a sofa but holding hands or an yeah. arm around and watching something together and feeling you might caress a leg yeah an arm and it just feels nice it's more than just Relationship with a sibling, or you know, I've had lots of people over the years who said, My relationships become more like brother and sister, or a a mother caring for their child. You know, oh my gosh, that's not what we want. We want to keep an intimacy and work out what everyone's individual. You're right, so I call it outer course, Uh, right? Okay, that our outer course, kissing, touching can be so lovely it doesn't have to be about penetration because each person's goals may be different
0: um, so well, I yeah. shall hand you back this thank you I thank you put in my bag. <laughs> thank you so much for coming to talk to us and we will definitely we'll do it we, we need to get a four episode podcast yeah video yeah oh, time. yeah well thank you so much and then um, And yes, we'll link it with Will Kilnard's um, podcast episode as well. So people can listen to you both simultaneously giving us advice and support on sexual function. Lovely to meet you Yeah, no, thank thank you. you.